God bless you, Pastor. God bless you. Excited to be in the house of God, amen. Amen. Amongst brethren who truly love Jesus and who are willing to let go of our pride and walk into humility and receive the word of truth, amen. Amen. You see, we're living in the last days. The Bible speaks about to be aware and have our eyes open for the times of Noah. You see, we know that we're in the end hour when we can look back at the time of Noah and see the same occurrences, the same lifestyles, the same mindset, the same society. I'm here to tell you that it's even worse than the times of Noah, okay? What is good is bad. What was never once accepted in the house of God is completely accepted, okay? Just because your pastor or the person preaching is conforming to the world, is making you feel comfortable, like, it's, like if you're going to go to heaven in your sin, just because man will deceive you doesn't mean that we have an excuse. You see, we all have access to a holy Bible. Amen? And it's our choice to either perish or to get to know who God is. And if you don't know him now, you will not know him in eternity. Amen? And please don't be that person who lives wickedly their entire lives and is waiting to get to their deathbed to say, Jesus, I repent. You see, we're all not going to have that opportunity to be at the cross next to Jesus to say, Lord, forgive me. You can die like that. Yeah. You can die in an instant. And the way you live this life, every thought, every word, Every action, every non-action, you're going to have an eternal consequence, whether it be for the good or for the bad. Amen? You know, I just want to talk a little bit of myself, okay? And just to give everyone an idea and an understanding of the zeal and the passion that I have for God. You see, I understand, I personally understand what Satan does, how he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Okay, I have a brother laying in the hospital for 21 years who hung himself. The devil's not here to play games. He's here to take our children. I know what it is to be suicidal, to not want to live no more. I know what it is to be stuck in drugs, bound and addicted, empty, with nothing in me. I know what it is to allow Satan to come destroy a marriage and see the child suffer to this day. I know. So I'm not going to hold back. I'm not going to be afraid to speak truth because of some fuck devil who's going to point his finger at me. 
I'm going to tell it how it is because I love you guys so much. I don't want to see the destruction Hallelujah. that the enemy has planned for you. We have everlasting victory in God if you will just obey. Amen? Amen. So that's where a little of my passion comes from, my zeal. It comes from pain. It comes from suffering. It's not pride. See, pride thinks they're better, that they're better than you. Pride, pride wants to be on the pulpit. I never wanted to be on the pulpit. I still don't want to be in the pulpit. But I'm going to answer the call of God on my life. Amen? Amen. One of the enemy's greatest traps is what he'll do is he'll take the holy conviction of God when the truth comes. You see, when the truth comes, the truth is always the truth is always going to rise up in battle formation and call out the lie. Amen. There's a battle in that moment. Your flesh rises up. Your little mind who thinks it's so intelligent begins to speak. But who has your mind? Who has your mind? Do you have the mind of Christ? And even if we have the mind of Christ, you gotta know where the thoughts are originating from. Are they originating from my flesh? Because my flesh does not wanna let go of that sin. Because my flesh wants to excuse that sin. Because I love that alcohol more. Or because I love to look at women more or to look at men more or because I love my possessions and my money, suddenly pride, excusing and accusing, pride will always excuse. Pride will always accuse. It's the first thing that's going to rise up. And we'll break that down in a little bit. But do not allow the enemy to twist the conviction of God into condemnation, okay? Understand what conviction is. Understand that if there's no conviction, there's no Holy Spirit. Yeah. There has to be conviction in the house of God. You should never come into this place, ever, ever. And feel comfortable in your sin. <coughs> ever, ever should you feel comfortable in your sin. You should always come out convicted of righteousness. I'm going to live holier. You know what? I'm going to read more of my word. You know what? I need to pray more. You know what? I need to treat my wife better. You know what? I just got to be better for God. Amen. Do we all know that the Holy Spirit, the helper, was sent to us to convict us? That's yeah. his number one ministry. Why has the conviction of God left the house of God? Because the person standing here has been deceived. The person here has chosen to leave the intimate place with God. Most pastors, most teachers, they don't pray or even read the word. 
and they're definitely not walking in it. How do you know that? There's no Holy Spirit in their life. You can speak in tongues all you want. That doesn't show me that there's Holy Spirit in you. Obedience to his word, all of his word, is what shows that the Holy Spirit is living in you. Amen? Amen. John 16, verse 7 and 9. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me. Okay, we all heard it, right? Do we all receive it? Amen. First Timothy chapter six, verse three through five. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to the wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which accords with godliness, the doctrine which accords to godliness, he is proud, not knowing nothing, but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words from which come envy, strife, reviling, evil suspicions, useless, useless wrangling of men of corrupt minds and destitute of truth, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain from such withdrawal. The doctrine which accords to godliness. You see, people who come against the doctrine of holiness, Bible says who they are. The proud. The proud. Okay? They're destitute of truth. They don't have the truth in them. They're liars if they say they know God. They're liars if they say they're Christian. The way they're living, the way they're trying to excuse, oh, no one's perfect. Oh, we all fall short, short of the glory of God. My Lord. And how about the rest of the word? How about be holy like I'm holy? How about if you continue to sin, there remains no more grace? How about you continue to sin and God sees it as you trampling on the blood and sacrifice of Jesus Christ? And he says, you insult my spirit of grace? Will you insult my spirit of grace? Grace was given to us to be holy. Grace is not a license to sin. Grace is not a license to sin. Amen? Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 through 10. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God? See, you got to understand, Paul was talking to the church. Amen? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, okay? We could be sexually immoral in our heart. You don't have to actually commit adultery. 
to commit adultery. You could do it by looking at a woman, by looking at a man. It's all done in the heart. Then it manifests later. Amen? Okay. Nor idolaters. This is someone that puts television before prayer. This is someone that watches more television than they spend time with God. This is someone that puts alcohol or any addiction. Doesn't matter what kind of addiction. They're all the same before God. Idolaters. Any, anything you put before God. There's, we can have a job, and our job could be more important. You know, somehow job comes up and first thing to go is church. Oh, it's just a church day. This is a lot more than church. It's a commandment to be in the house of God, first of yeah. all. Amen? Amen? You see, but people just call it church now because there's no reverence. There's no fear of God in us. It's not just church. This is where the bride unites. God is coming for a bride that's spotless, that's blameless, amen? Yes, hallelujah. That's seeking holiness, that's seeking to remove our godliness from our lives. Nor adulterers, nor perversely infeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, no revilers, whose words are used as weapons to abuse, insult, humiliate, intimidate, or slander, nor swindlers will inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God. If you're continuing in any of this sin, read what it says. We all heard it. You're not going to have any share in the kingdom of God. Okay? And it's not too late. Okay, we're here to hear the message of Jesus Christ. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Turn away from your sin yes. and turn to the living God. Yes. He's able to save you. Grace is what saves you. It saves you from sin. Amen? Yes. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through 15. For the grace of God that brings salvation, grace brings salvation, has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live what? Soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works, zealous for holiness, zealous to preach the truth. Speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one despise you. Do not allow no punk devil to despise the truth of God coming forth. If you don't speak the truth, who will? And then you, myself, will have to stand before the judgment seat of God and explain to him why we decided to let all these people 
follow some lion into the lake of fire. Proverbs 12.1 says, whoever loves instruction and discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof and correction is stupid. Don't be stupid. I used to be a stupid person, but it took me a lot of falls. It took a lot of destruction in my life to wake up and be like, you know what, I'm tired of falling. You know, I'm tired of the destruction of my stupidness. You know what, God, I want to learn from wisdom now. You know what, I want to learn from sound counsel. Let me listen to my pastor and what they're saying. Let me start applying these, these, these holy commandments to my life. As soon as you start living the word of God, everything in your life will be revolutionized. Life comes. Blessings come. Because you're invited. Yes, amen. He's a gentleman. Yes. He's not going to force himself upon anyone. Amen? amen. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5 and 11. And you have forgotten the divine word of encouragement. A lot of us have forgotten what encouragement really means, which is addressed to you as sons. My son, do not make light of the discipline of the Lord and do not lose heart and give up when you are corrected by him. For the Lord disciplines and corrects those whom he loves and he punishes every son whom he receives and welcomes to his heart. You must submit to correction for the purpose of discipline. God is dealing with you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? Now, if you are exempt from correction and without discipline, in which all of God's children share, then you are illegitimate, children and not sons at all. Moreover, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we submitted and respected them for, their tra for training us. Shall we not much more willingly submit to the Father of Spirits and live by learning from His discipline? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for only a short time as seemed best to them, but He disciplines us for our good so that we may share His holiness. Discipline is that we may share His holiness. For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good so that we may share in his holiness. For the time being, no discipline brings joy, but seems sad and painful. And discipline hurts sometimes. And when that sword comes, it cuts. It cuts and it hurts. You know what that cut is? It's pride being broken. It's the feeling of letting go something you once loved. It hurts to let go things you love, whether it be whatever. Amen? Amen? Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterward it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness, right standing with God in a lifestyle and attitude that seeks conformity to God's will and purpose. 
See, discipline is to get us into holiness, to get us to live a life where we're deciding every day, that's ungodly, that's not for me, I'm gonna stay away from you, I'm not gonna listen to that, I'm not gonna put my eyes on that, I'm gonna read this, I'm gonna edify my spirit, every choice I make, I'm gonna choose to build myself so that I can be a stepping stone, so I could be that bridge that other children of God walk over. Sometimes we have to be that bridge. And being that bridge, being stepped upon, being misused, being mistreated, being slandered, hated, persecuted. But are you willing to walk in true love? True love lays down his life for a friend, whether they like you or not. Yeah. Amen. Acts chapter 7, verse 51 and 54. Listen how Jesus spoke. Listen how his apostles spoke. Okay? And don't allow pride to bring you into rejecting his word. You see, us Christians nowadays, when we hear true conviction, immediately we're like, oh, he has no love. Oh, he's condemning me. Oh, he's judging me. Oh, you're not in your Bible. And you're not understanding your Bible if you even are reading it. I doubt it. I doubt you're reading it, or else you would see the words of Jesus you would see every apostle, how they spoke, how they corrected, how they loved. They loved you too much. They loved the people of God too much to leave them in their sin. Yeah. Amen? You stiff-necked, uncircumcised in heart and ears. You always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one, of whom you now have become the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it. You see, these people are never going to keep the laws of God. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed at him with your teeth. Don't gnash at someone that's releasing true love. Don't allow the cut of the sword to come in and bring you into a place where you're going to fight against God. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. He gives grace to the humble the grace to take us away from sin. Amen? Amen? That's what grace is for. We got that, right? It's clear? Amen. Hallelujah. Who knows who was speaking right there in that scripture? Stephen. Was it? Mm -hmm. 
Yes, he'll see you. Good job. <laughs> Acts chapter 2, verse 14, 23, 37, and 39. Now let's listen to another apostle. This apostle, Jesus said, and I will build my church upon this rock. Okay? This apostle denied Jesus three times. You know, some of us sit here right now denying him. But if you just hold on, if you just keep coming to church, if you just repent, if you just turn away from that sin, if you humble yourself and know you're never going to be good enough, none of us, but we serve the only one that is good. He's the only one that's good. He's the only one that can empower you to be able to overcome those temptations. But are we asking for that power? Are we seeking that power? You know, a lot of us want to be anointed and go out and do all these miracles and signs and wonders. But let that enthusiasm be for holiness. Amen. To obey Him in everything. Yeah. He's not a vending machine, amen? You can't go and just throw in some coins and pick out your blessings or pick which commandments you want to live. It's all or nothing. If we're sitting in one place and we know it, we're sitting in all places. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let it be known to you and heed my words. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands have crucified and put to death. Now when they heard this, they were cut at the heart. Notice, Peter, and not Peter, the Holy Spirit speaking through Peter was convicting them. Notice the same words, and they were cut at the what? Heart. Why are they cut at the heart? Because God wants to deal with the heart. Our heart is what directs our life. The Bible says, guard your heart above all things. Because out of it flows the springs of life. What that means is where your heart is directed, that's the path it's going to go in. Amen? Amen? Acts 2, verse 40 through 43, continuing down this chapter. And with many words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his words were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steady in the, in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Notice, wherever you see correction, you see doctrine. Okay? There's a problem in the church. 
We have received a different doctrine. We have received a different gospel. The word of God warns us of this hour that we stand in now. Will there be a different Jesus being received? The church has received a different Jesus. Well, what, who is this different Jesus? I didn't understand that back in the day when I was first reading my Bible. Different Jesus? Different gospel? I did not get it until I started seeing it. I didn't know exactly what I was seeing, but I began to see things and sense things. I knew something was off. It wasn't lining up with what I was reading. When what's being preached is not lining up with the word of God, false doctrine, different Jesus, and it's not the Holy Spirit, another spirit's on the pulpit, a spirit called Jezebel. Jezebel is a false teacher. She seduces the servants of God into sexual immorality. Is this like actual like sexual immorality, like sex? Yeah, it is, but it's also talking about when in the Old Testament, God talks about the children of Israel being like harlots, laying down with every idol. It's talking about our idols. It's talking about different sins in our life. How, how Jezebel brings us into that compromise to that, to that, to that, that new accommodation gospel. It accommodates, it restructures, shapes. Now it's okay. Now it's okay to be listening to the things of the world, to be watching what they're watching, to be dancing how they're dancing, to be talking how they're talking, to be dressing how they're dressing, to be living how they're living. You can't tell who's Christian and who's from the world. It all looks the same now. But you can tell. And these people that are separating themselves, they're called the anointed of God, the sons of God. And these are the ones that every finger on earth is pointing and speaking against. You see, Jesus said, Blessed, blessed are you who are persecuted for my name's sake. You know, you know 100% that you're walking right before God when you got persecution coming. And don't twist, don't twist the, the conviction of God and say you're being persecuted. Oh, Brother Miguel, he keeps... He keeps quoting scriptures to me and telling me that I need a change in this place. He's persecuting me. Get it right. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Romans chapter 2, verse 1 through 10. And verse 13. For it is not those who merely hear the law as it is read aloud, who are just and righteous before God, but it is those who actually obey the law who will be justified, pronounced free of guilt 
of sin and declared acceptable to him. We must obey the law. Yes. We must obey the law. We must obey his commandments. We must obey his commandments. We must obey his commandments. Amen? Amen? We can hear that all day. Repeat it to yourself. I must obey. I must obey. You want everlasting life? You must obey. Amen. You must obey. Hallelujah. It's hard to obey. Yep. It's not easy. That's why we have the Holy Spirit to cry out to. Amen. God, help me stay on this fast. God, I don't want to pray right now. Give me strength. God, I just, I just want to watch TV right now. God, I just want to lay on my bed right now. Help me, God. Yes. Break this fluffful spirit off my life. When we're sick, when we're tired, who wants to pray and read the word? Raise your hand. Liars. <laughs> you know, you have a choice. If you're here in church, you're not cold. You're either lukewarm or hot. Amen? Amen. Lukewarm is the people that go to church. Lukewarm are the people that disobey God. Lukewarm are the people that have all that compromise. A little bit of holiness, a little bit of God. I even do a little bit of ministry. But I'm doing the same things that the people of this world are doing. Now, would you be doing these things before the throne room of God in the holies of holies? Would you be watching those things? Would you be listening to those things? Would you be dancing that way? Would you be having your eyes on those things with Jesus on his throne, you right before him? Would you be doing those things? Most of us are going to say no. Amen? Why not? Well, because God's right there. But <laughs> <laughs> right? well, God's right here too. And this is the holy temple of God. And he lives here. Yes. I hope. I hope he's living in us. Amen? How do you know he's living in you? If you're living and you're striving to live holy, to change, you know you're dealing with certain things. And you're like, man, you know what? I know I gotta get rid of this thing in my life. I know this is unpleasing. And now your goal every day is to kill that thing. See, what's awesome in a ministry like this, where there's truth, God equips us. You see, those things that we're struggling with, there's something that you're carrying that's overpowering you and dragging you back into that bondage. You see, Jesus gave us power. 
over all demons and to cure diseases. You see, Jesus gave us the authority to command devils out of us. Through prayer and fasting, every demon has to come out in the Amen. name of Jesus. Yes. Behind an action, there's a devil. If you don't even know the name of the, the spirit of devil, just say, spirit that causes me to look at women, get out of me in the name of Jesus. Yes. Spirit that causes me to be greedy when tithing comes up, come out of me in the name of Jesus. You don't have to be an expert. Just call the action behind that thing, yeah. and it will come out. Amen? Amen. Matthew chapter 7, verse 17 and 23. Even so, every good tree, every, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. He who does the will of my Father in heaven. His will is to obey his commandments. Yes. Amen? Amen. Many will say to me that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, have done many wonders in your name, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness, disregarding God's commandments. Let me give you a clear picture of how this looks. There's two trees. Two trees, right? On the right side is the tree of the sheep. On the left side is the tree of the goats. We know this in the scriptures, right? God's gonna divide his people. He's gonna put the sheep on his right hand, the goats on his left. So we're making a good separation. We have the church of God, we have the false church. Amen? Okay. Now, these, these both trees, they're separate right now. But right now, these trees are mixed in here in this church. Amen? In the name of Jesus, every tree here will be a tree of righteousness. Yes. In the name of Jesus, every tree here will produce good fruit. Amen. Because if you do not produce fruit, you will be cut down and thrown into the fire. If you do not produce fruit, you will be cut down and thrown into the fire. So if you don't live your life, the gifts, the talents God gave you, if you don't put them to use and build the kingdom of God and become part of the bride and become part of the church, you will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Amen? A good tree cannot produce bad fruit. A bad tree cannot produce good fruit. Okay, I'm gonna talk about the bad tree. This is the lukewarm tree. This is the tree 
who's in the church, who's preaching, who's singing, who's ushering, you know, serving the Lord. Or this is the tree, they come to church and they go do out, they go do good, good deeds. They even feed the homeless. They do good things. Okay, now, they're doing it because it makes them feel better. Okay? They get a good feeling off of it. It's not because they want to be pleasing to God. And if they really want to be pleasing to God, they will obey His commandments and not disregard them. Amen? Amen. So, now we have this tree here. And if you don't have eyes to see, it will appear that the fruit of this battery is good. Because they're doing good things here and there. Amen? Don't get deceived because you're doing a little good here and there. As if you're going to go to heaven. Look at yourself. And grab the word of God. And say, am I living a life lined up with these commandments? And when you find a place that you're not, pray fast, cast out that demon in the name of Jesus. Get the healing that you need because every time any spirit that's dwelling in a person, it's there to still kill, destroy. And you can see it with various demons. They transform bodies. They leave organs messed up. They leave the mind. <laughs> they leave the mind in not a good place. We need healing. Yes. We cast the devil out. We get our healing. Then we put the word of God inside of us. We got to fill that empty place. Because that demon is going to come to see if it's swept and clean. Mm -hmm. If it's empty. Mm -hmm. Don't come to the house of God and get delivered and not go home and fill yourself up. With the word that's going to protect you from that devil we just cast it out. You need the word of God. Thus says the Lord. When Satan came to tempt Jesus, he's, that, that was his ammunition, his word. And, 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 and you gotta know this, he's God. Can you imagine that? The devil trying to tempt God? Wow, that's a stupid devil. He still tried to tempt God. Not once, not twice, three times. And we get all tired with one temptation. Resist the devil. Resist the devil. What does that mean, resist? That means there's a fight. That means there's a wrestling match. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against an invincible, invisible, an invisible enemy working through people, working through situations and circumstances. We've got to open up our eyes and learn how to war the people of God. We can no longer lose battles. He paid the price yes. with his life yes. to secure victory. Let's take and walk in victory. Amen? Amen? We all want the benefits of the cross, not the blessings, but we don't want to pay the price. And if that's you, you're not willing to pay the price. But you do want to go to heaven and say, God, help me. Do you want to pay the price? 
Help me, God. Give me more love for you. It's a love. It's a love problem. That's all it is. The more you love God, the more you'll sacrifice. The more you love God, the more you'll kill the flesh. The more you love God, the more you want to separate from people, persons, places, things. We just don't love God enough. You don't love Him enough to get rid of that sin in your life. Recognize it. Take accountability. See that ugliness in the mirror and say, that doesn't belong to me. That's not who I am. I was created in God's image. I take the image of God back. Yes. And I command you to, to come out. Yes. You see, no one, no one's here is being singled out or targeted. The Holy Spirit's not going to come and manifest, manufacture a whole teaching just for you. I mean, we're all important, but come on. <laughs> right? We sit there in the view like, man, he's just talking. He, he heard that about me. Who told him? <laughs> this is hitting everybody. Amen. The things I talk about, I've heard about 98% of you say it to me. Me personally. Okay? And if you haven't said it to me personally, you said it in your spirit. You said it in your mind. So I'm not here to single out or target anyone but Satan and those demonic spirits trying to destroy us. Yes, hallelujah. Taking accountability. If you fall into the category, if you see the shoe and it fits, Wear it. <laughs> That's me, and I don't want that to be me anymore. Yes. Amen? Yeah. Turn away. Separate. Get right. We're going to learn. We're going to be raised up here as end-time mighty warriors that know how to flow in the power of God. The gifts of the Spirit are for the sons of God. We shall all know how to flow in all the nine gifts. We should know how they all operate. We shall all be teachers and preachers. We shall all be evangelists. Yes. Why? Because the same Holy Spirit dwells in all of us. Yeah. It's what you want. It's your desire. If you want to be using all the gifts, the Word of God tells you to desire. Desire with all your heart the greatest gift, love. But to desire His gifts, the spiritual gifts, the best gifts. For, for who? For what? For His kingdom. To be a blessing. He blesses us to be a blessing. Amen? So, pride will always accuse or excuse. Pride will always accuse, it points its finger, or does the but, 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 it makes every excuse in the world. Okay? 
Always try to identify that in yourself. It's always taking place. When correction comes, oh no, but he did this. Why can't we just shut up, receive the review, take care of that thing that's, that's being addressed. If something's being addressed to you by your spiritual leaders, they're not really seeing the situation that happened in that moment. If they're addressing you and, 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 and they're legit men and women of God, they have discernment. Okay, they're not coming at you because of that one situation. There's already like six, seven situations. Now it's time to be addressed. Amen? Amen. So we sit there, duh, 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 but they, 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 let's take care of the spirit. Doesn't belong to you. Doesn't belong in the house of God. Amen? When the word of God's coming, and then boom, you get the sword. It hits that little area of your life. Something you're sitting in. Something maybe you don't want to let go. Oh, here comes the accusations. They come flooding in. Oh, who does he think he is? I'm a pastor that God's called. Amen. To call out sin, to confront sin. Okay? Oh, he's judging me. Um, the word of God tells me <laughs> to judge sin. Hallelujah. And we'll go over these scriptures right now. Oh, he's condemning me. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. I have no power to condemn you. I cannot send you to hell. Yeah. Only you can do that. You choose life or death. You choose to obey or disobey. You choose to sin or be holy. Right, right. I can't condemn anybody. Don't confuse conviction for condemnation. Drop the pride. Spirit of pride, we command you to come out of the house of God in Jesus' name. Yes. Shit. First Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6, 7, 9 through 11. You're boasting over the supposed spirituality of your church is not good. Indeed, it's vulgar and inappropriate. Do you not know that just a little leaven ferments the whole batch of dough just as, just as a little sin, just a little sin corrupts a person or an entire church? Just a little sin in a person or in a church corrupts the entire church. You see, when you have punk pastors, when you have punk teachers, who care about more what people think, who care about butts and seats, who care about money in their pockets, they're going to keep their mouths zipped. Amen. And they're not going to speak truth. They're going to let you go to the pit of hell. The blind leading the blind. But when you have the true anointed of God who come out of a place, the Lord took me out of the pit of hell 
I should be dead multiple, quadruple times. I don't know how I stand here living. I do. God saved me. Amen. I had a praying mother who stood out the Bible. I had a father who prayed. So my mom took it a little bit farther. Yeah. She jumped up on her Bible. She stood on her <laughs> Like literally. And if you have to do that, do it. Yes. Grab that Bible. Stand on it. Hallelujah. Continuing. Just a little sin corrupts a person or an entire church. Clean out the old leaven so that you may be a new batch. Just as you are still unleavened. For Christ our Passover, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. He died for us to be cleansed of sin. He died for us for this. Amen. This is the purpose of His grace. Not to, not to have a license to sin, but to get rid of sin. Amen? Amen? I wrote you in my previous letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not meaning the immoral people of this world or the greedy ones and swindlers or idolaters, for then you would have to get out of the world and human society altogether, but I actually have written to you not to associate with any so-called Christian brother if he is sexually immoral or greedy or is an idolater devoted to anything that takes the place of God or is a reviler who insults or slanders or otherwise verbally abuse others or is a drunkard or a swindler, you must not so much as eat with such a person. Wow, Jesus is mean. <laughs> Read it, obey it. There's a there's a there's a reason behind all this. Bad companies corrupt good, good character. In the realm of the spirit, when I walk into an atmosphere, if I'm not guarded and shielded and have the anointing of my life. This demon from that person, that demon from that person is going to come and attach itself on me. The words that they're speaking, the music that they're releasing, that which they're carrying, seeds are being deposited into you. Every seed will produce a harvest. That's why we've got to become experts in aborting demonic seeds. You know those little voices that come in? You know those little voices that speak to you through, through people, frenemies, I call them. We've got to start learning. Even if it's your husband or your wife or your mother or your father, we've got to start learning to discern the voice of the Spirit of God and seeds that the enemy is trying to implant. It's simple as I abort this seed in the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. The seed is so powerful. The seed can get you to do things that you would never, ever have done. There'd be no way you would ever do it. But something was being told, and it kept being spoken, and it kept being spoken, and suddenly you're doing that thing that you said, there's no way in hell you would ever done that thing, or got into that situation. But it kept. The devil was relentless, and we have to be more relentless, and we need to resist him, and then he will flee. Yes. 
Amen? Amen. You know, you hear things like, no, oh, I don't want to go to that church. They judge there. You come to the house of God and we're getting meat from heaven. We're getting instruction how to live life, how to save your soul. And all you can say all I hear, you're, you're, you're going to go to hell. That's all you heard? Is that you're going to hell? Or you get to the tithing message. We had like two hours of teaching. Oh, all they want is your money there. Because you're, they're, they're, you're being taught why we're giving. <coughs> know what spirit is speaking to you. And if you decide to take heed to the voice of the devil, heed means not only to listen, but to obey. If you heed the voice of the devil, now the Bible is very clear the deeds of whoever father you do, that's who your father is. So if your deeds are lined up with Satan, if your deeds are disobedience, then you're a son of Satan. I don't care if you call yourself a Christian. Everybody's Christian. Everybody loves Jesus. But are you carrying your cross? Are you carrying your cross? Be real. Just like the word says, be real. Don't be fake. You don't want to serve God, don't come here. Don't come here and play no part. Go do and live in your sin. But if there's an ounce of wanting to change, we're here to help you. Amen. And we'll walk with you. We'll walk through every day. We'll walk through every pain. We'll, we'll throw you on our, on our shoulder and we'll carry you to wherever you need to get carried to. All God's looking is just that little piece of hope, that little piece of, I want to change. Confess it with your mouth. Amen. 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 This is not a message of condemnation. This is a message of hope. Hallelujah. This is a message that will save your life. Amen. Amen. So we talked about how when pride, gospel comes forth, pride pops out, then the excusing comes. All the excuses. It's time for tithing. Okay? Now we have every excuse in the world not to be faithful to God. We have every excuse in the world pops up. Our flesh rises up. And we start... Excuse me, I have this bill. Oh, I can't afford to tithe. You're not Christian then. I can't afford to be obedient, say. I want to be greedy. The greedy will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. The Bible is clear. You cannot serve God and mammon. You can't serve your possessions. I don't care what excuse you come up with. The Bible says tithe or you're robbing me. 
and you're cursed. You can't pick and choose, guys. And if you're dealing with grief, let's command the grief out in the name of Jesus. Recognize it. Take accountability. Man, how sad. How sad is it to be greedy with God? The one who's giving you breath. The one who's giving you hands and feet to work. The one who put you in a position that you don't even deserve. Amen. You're not favored and blessed so that you can stuff your pockets and build your little kingdom. He blessed you. He's testing you to see if you'll turn around and be a blessing. To see if you'll build his kingdom. There is no excuse good enough to disobey God. Tithing is all about obedience and we're doing it because we love Him. Amen? Not because we need something. Not because we're giving out a compulsion or because I'm telling you a number to give. Amen. We're giving because we love the Lord our God with all our heart, our Hallelujah. mind, our soul, our spirit. Yeah. And my life will speak it yes. by the actions that I do. Oh, but the excuses. Take accountability. Oh, I tried to tithe. Maybe you tried. <laughs> a lot of us don't want to tithe because we live a life in mammon. We live serving our possessions. And now we got to a place where we maxed out all our credit cards. Where we have all these bills stacked up. Because you live, you're living a life in mammon. But now you're too afraid to obey him because you might lose that possession. If you have to lose a few possessions to gain eternity, so be it. So be it. Don't be like a rich man who rejected, who rejected life and eternity for his possessions. A lot of us are doing that now. What your excuses? There is no excuse good enough to not obey. Amen? And does it feel uncomfortable if you're one of those persons? Yes, it does. Because it's swords coming. Don't twist conviction for condemnation or whatever else. Receive the truth. Get set free. Amen. The truth will set you free. free. The truth will set you free. free. Hallelujah! The excuses. God knows my heart. How many of you guys said that to me? Raise your hand. Do Levites, go ahead. Raise yeah. your hand. All, right. <laughs> All the Levites have said this to me. God knows my heart. And the enemy's like, the, the, the Lord is exposing me. See, I've said it myself. No one's being singled out. We've all said it. Stop lying. I'm a good person. God knows my heart. Yes, and his word's very clear. The heart is deceitful of all things. Amen. Amen? That's why you got to get your heart in alignment with the word of God. Yes. That's why God puts people in your life to bring that alignment, mm -hmm. to help you, to speak truth to you. Amen? Love those people. Honor those people. Thank God for them. 
Another one you'll hear, another excuse, and this is all pride, remember? No one's perfect. Who said that? Raise your hand. I said it. Man, right. Good. No one's perfect. Yes, no one's perfect. Or have you heard the, we all fall short of the glory of God. I have my license now to sit and do whatever I want. Yeah, we know, we know that one, right? I used that one before too. That's demonic. Amen. That's a life in the pit of hell. That's something the churches have taught us. Mm-hmm. How about Hebrews 10, 26 and 29? For if we sin willfully after having received the knowledge of the truth, there no more remains a sacrifice for sin. There no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. There no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. There no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. But, this is what you get, a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. Are you an adversary of the word of God? Are you resisting? the word of God? Are you proud? Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much more worse do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing and insulted the spirit of grace? That blows out of the water, out of the house of God, the false lies and demonic doctrines of every no one's perfect. We all fall short of the glory of God. Grace was given to us to get rid of sin. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. He's good. Yeah. All the time. All the time. Amen. Even when he corrects us. That's when he's best. Because his correction brings us to yield good fruit. Hallelujah. Good fruit. Amen. Fruit that others can partake of and eat and grow off of and become everything that they've been called to do. And because you're releasing good fruit, now they're going to release good fruit. And the movement and revival of God is going to spread. Amen. Amen. Do not perish because you're lack of understanding. Do not perish because you don't understand something that's being taught here. I'm going to say it again. Do not perish because you're not understanding something that's being taught. You see, your flesh is always going to want to rise up against the truth. It's going to want to block your understanding. Just simply ask. You have a real pastor here. I will sit down with you one-on-one with the Bible, and we'll go over whatever doctrine you want to go over. Don't sit here accusing me and speaking all this evil against me. <laughs> we'll sit down, and we'll go over the Word of God, and if I'm wrong, I'll submit, and I'll repent before everyone. I will submit to the Word of God every single time. I've chose to give my life to Him. I don't think Christ is be going to an eternity in the pit of hell. I love God too much. He's done too much for me to not want to obey Him. 
I stand there breathing because of him. He gave me back my son. He gave me back my mind. He gave me life. Amen. So I'm going to submit. I'm going to humble myself. Amen? See, there's true disciples, and then we have false disciples, those religious disciples. See, true disciples of God, they ask questions. Whenever Jesus was teaching, and he was talking, he was releasing parables, they would go to Jesus after. They didn't start talking smack about Jesus. Lord, we, we didn't understand. What did, what did he do? He rebuked them. Oh man, you faithless, perverse generation. Are you still without understanding? You're walking me every day, during the day and night, and you still don't understand? And then he taught them. Alright, this is what I meant. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, what did the false disciples do? When they didn't understand? Don't let your, 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 your lack of understanding bring you to a place of perishing. Okay? And because we don't understand, don't allow that to bring you into unbelief. Okay? This is what happened with the false disciples that walked with Jesus. As soon as they didn't understand something he said, as soon as they didn't understand something he said, what did they do? They no longer walked with him. They no longer walked with him. Don't allow something that's convicting you here or something you're not understanding to move you away from God, to move you away from a place where the true fire of God is, where you're gonna where you're gonna be fed, where you're gonna be taught how to walk, how to be that king, that priest that he's called you to be, how to flow in the gifts that are in you. Don't leave a place where they can see the gifts that are being thrown out and be like, this is who you are and this is how you get there. It's sad. It's sad. It's an awful, dreadful thing in the house of God that you have hundreds and thousands of people sitting in pews and they do not know their calling. My God. Don't you not know if you don't live the purpose God has given you, you're probably not going to enter to the kingdom of heaven because you're living your own life. And to have life, you need to give this one up. You can't have life unless you give this one up completely. Not pieces of it, all of it. Yes. All of it. And don't sit here proud. Oh, hell's not real or or whatever. Oh, how very real. Okay, demons and devils are real. And so is God and heaven and eternity. We break off every demonic mindset. Yes. Every lie of the pit of hell. Yes. That has been implanted in our minds to deceive us, to take us just a little bit away from the truth of God in the name of Jesus. Yes. Spirit of Jezebel, we cast you out in the name of Jesus. We reject your false teachings 
poco scetere etere scetere Ariadna Rashida scetere scetere etere
God's about to bring a major deliverance.